0: Welcome back to wrestling tonight' you're yeah, all yeah. I am your host, Mad Dog Butch with me as always the dangerous Danny Doring to my angry Amish roadkill <laughs> none other than brace beamer yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: the hardcore host Mad Dog Butch
0: yeah, that's not always that's not every day not today no not every day <laughs> uh okay, so, maybe next week, folks yeah, possibly we'll see. We'll see what the topic is. But um, now it's no secret that comic book related stuff right now is huge. Um, you got a bunch of comic book movies in the theater right now. The main one being Avengers Endgame. Is that crossing
1: com- over to the regular comic book sales? the movies and uh, I you know their are I think it,
0: I think it'll like pop it for a short time from what I understand yeah. but then it kind of dies back down oh, okay. uh from from what I've been told. I haven't really followed it as much lately. Yeah. But uh but either way <laughs> uh Avengers Endgame is breaking a bunch of records. Uh the culmination of uh a long-term plan by Disney and Marvel Studios um basically the last 11 years they've put out 22 different movies and this is kind of the end of that whole storyline that they've built up.
1: Does this blow away the star Wars franchise? Um, I mean, forget the money because of the time period. I I mean,
0: it kind of depends on how you break down the, the returns. Like, Uh, uh, I, I know that star Wars, the force awakens, I think domestically is still the number one, movie uh, uh as of right now but uh but the way that avengers endgame has been destroying records uh i, I have a feeling it's gonna beat that one hmm. um i i think it's the worldwide one that avatar has held yeah. since avatar came
1: out i can't believe that i didn't and think that movie was that good
0: no i didn't either and, but i did not see it in the theater i didn't see it till it came out uh, but e- e- either way, I mean, I guess visually it was supposed to be spectacular if you saw it in like IMAX at the theater. So yeah, not the same effect probably getting huh. it on Blu-ray. But but yeah, I, I mean, uh, it was pretty cliche. I thought when I finally saw it, and the, and some of the acting was horrible. I thought the characters, yeah, they're like the characters. They were worse like,
1: than John Paxson was.
0: Yeah, yeah, the characters were just like so uh cliche yeah. and just uh no depth just yeah exactly but um a
1: lot of actors are like that now and they just uh, don't know any better i guess
0: yeah but uh but but anyway um and not only that last week uh and i'm not sure how many years this has been going on but for the last so many years uh speaking of comic book uh stores or comic book sales they do something called free comic book day which uh, has become sort of a big thing. Uh, What they do is the retailers will have certain comic books that they'll give away for free. And, um, you know, there's quite a few companies that participate. Uh, It just happened to coincide with last week. Well, let me give a couple of plugs first. Um, Anybody in this area, (laughs) uh, go to Primetime Sports Cards if you're looking for comic books. uh, And we're in
1: Lake Orion, Michigan, by the way, in case you're listening in Bangladesh or uh, (laughs) Melbourne, Australia.
0: Yeah. Uh, So Primetime Sports Cards is obviously in Lake Orion, Michigan. Uh, There's another one called Comic Explosion up in Lapeer that's pretty good, too. Um, So normally, like, on pre-comic day, I'll get my comic books from there. But uh, last week, just kind of, like, out of the blue we got a message from a comic book company that asked us to review a comic book that they've created. And it is called Invasion from Planet wrestle And the publishing company is Starburns Industries Press. And when I first got it, I thought that they were maybe a local company, Uh, but actually they're from uh, Portland. Yeah, that's correct. Portland, Oregon. Um, So during free, so I got that last week. Uh, so when I go into free comic book day, they actually had, uh, th- this, it looks like it's kind of like a compilation of the different Starburn, uh, Starburn's comic book company titles, but in here is a short, uh, kind of like, uh, excerpt from this comic book, but we got something from them asking us to review this comic. Now, you... No, you weren't able to read the whole thing, but uh, but basically the gist of it is there's this character and not write down all the characters names, but there's this character and I don't want to give too much away, but uh, back in the late '90s, who's like the champion of this league, and the promoters kind of jerking him around, um, so he kind of cuts this promo knowing that and it creates his own belt out of like a pizza box (laughs) and it was like galaxy pizza, uh, and, and declares himself the galactic champion says he can beat whatever. And, um, so, uh, somebody in outer space years later actually gets the transmission and sends it to somebody, uh, because they actually have this, uh, uh, Outer space. I mean, it's the very end of the comic, they, so they don't really get into that part. But there's a character named Manifest Destiny, who is actually <laughs> like the the grand champion. So, um, so actually, I, I, I really enjoyed this comic. Uh, it's a, and I was telling you before, it, it's similar to an idea that I had for a movie because they always say write what you know. Well, obviously, I know pro wrestling, I know science fiction films. Uh, so, and you definitely my know idea, comics, <laughs> yeah. So my idea was kind of a, but yeah, but I was I was focusing more on like a movie script. I wasn't even thinking of the comic book oh, aspect yeah, okay. aspect of it. But, um, but yeah, so so I could see this comic book going in 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 a a, a decent direction where this guy is forced. Oh, so anyway, just just one of the things. So this guy it takes them like fifteen years before they get the transmission. So after the guy gets fired, he's kind of doing the indie scene, and he's like a drunk and uh, getting fired from promotion, from promotion pulling stunts. He kind of reminded me of when Jake the Snake Roberts, I, and I, that's probably what they're basing it on. When Jake the Snake Roberts was on the uh, Heroes of Wrestling pay per view, and he was all oh. drunk and he was, yeah. you know, doing what he was doing with the snake, and uh, so that's kind of what this character is now. So now. <laughs> I'm assuming these characters are going to come and challenge him or or bring him to their battle arena or whatever but uh but anyway yeah there uh you know I I do have to say that there has been wrestling comic books in the past and uh I'll just show a little bit of the artwork a little bit more of the artwork here but uh the artwork's decent um, I like the artwork yeah I, I mean really what I like what
1: I read there is probably more than I've read of any other comic ever. <laughs> really? Yeah, because, you know, I probably bought like a half dozen in my life, maybe 10. Okay. You know, and I just really look at, you know, a long time ago when I was a kid, like just look at the artwork, the pictures. Yeah. and
0: Yeah, yeah. Know. I mean, I do have to say, like I said, I don't know. There's Manifest Destiny right there. I, I don't really know much about this company. Um, but, yeah, the, the artwork is definitely comparable to a lot of the big titles out there. It kind of reminds me of at one point Deadpool was got his own title, one of the first solo titles that he got, and you know it was more of a like cartoony type, uh, type artwork, and that that's kind of what it reminded me of. It's but really uh, well
1: though, done well.
0: Yeah, and and actually the story is is done very well. There's a lot of like insider terms, but not too inside, and that's what I really liked about it because. It it reminded me of like when WCW came out with like a comic and it was just so forced and it I don't was even so, remember that yeah it was, <laughs> I want to say that was like early nineties and it was uh, I want to say Marvel did it but it, I'm pretty sure it was Marvel that did it and it was just like it it's crazy I mean look it up because people have done done articles about it oh okay. like in the current time looking back on it yeah. and just. The moves that they were doing, I, I remember looking at it and being like, what? What are they even doing? You couldn't even tell. It was like these moves that you would never see in wrestling. It was, uh, <laughs> it was just ridiculous. And then, you know, throughout the years, um, you know, there's been Mankind Comics and Undertaker Comics. And they play up more. They play, you know, they kind of downplay the wrestling aspect of yeah. it and do more about their character. And, and it's the same thing. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's even a wrestling bear part in this movie yeah. or, or in this yeah. comic yeah, and I um
1: i read about that too like you yeah know, yeah doing a so little research on who these people are
0: yeah so um so any comic book fans out there definitely support the smaller uh you know comic book companies i mean definitely support the big ones too but uh but if you're looking for something wrestling related uh i, I mean obviously i only read the first the first comic but uh but I think that this could be a, a very decent comic storyline. Um, so check it out. It's called Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia from Starburns uh, Industries. And just real quick, it's uh, written by, co-written by, and I might butcher these names if I do, I apologize, written by Matt Enton and Ed, I can't even read my own writing, Kuno, <laughs> yes. uh, The artist is Dan Schade or Schade or Schade. Uh, the colorist is Marissa Luis and the letterer is Dave Lanefear. And they are all part of Suspicious Behavior Productions. Um, now.
1: Well, you know, but before we go, I'm not really into comic books. And I saw what was six pages of that. Yeah. I had technical issues. I needed permission to get to the uh, drive to download it. But right. it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's just it's something a little different, in my opinion. Yeah, you know I'm I'm probably a person they'd want, you know, people like me to go buy the comic that aren't like a hardcore enthusiast. Yeah. You know, just the way they have it set up and what what they had in the in the preview here, it it looks pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh l- like I said, any wrestling-based comic book that I think I've ever read I've kind of been disappointed with yeah. because they don't really grasp the and and I've looked a little bit at their page and they're definitely wrestling fans and, and yeah you I noticed, can tell yeah. by reading it and just just the way that they have the characters interact and talk and you know of course you got you got like an old school manager type and who's with him but then you got the greasy promoter too <laughs> yeah. um but uh but yeah it didn't feel like forced like a lot of the wrestling comics do it, and i really enjoyed it so I, I think i will uh continue to to check this comic book out
1: and i watched uh some of the interviews with with the uh, creators and the people who work on the on the comic oh you did yeah okay yeah and th- you can tell they're big fans you know they're mm-hmm. kind of along our vein they know of the different territories and you know know about them okay. a- and they seem like uh good chaps. so
0: all right cool yeah definitely if you're looking for something different uh a, a decent wrestling comic book although you know w- with sci-fi elements in it definitely check it out
1: by all but- means if i get access to that drive you know yeah. I'll I'll review it, and if I have a different opinion or a better or worse one, I'll kind of spend a minute on the next show. Okay. Kind of follow up on it.
0: Okay. Well, uh, now now this kind of leads us into what our main wrestling topic is going to be today. And um, some comics that I used to like to read as a kid were DC had a version, and they were called Elseworlds Comics, but Marvel had What If Comics. And basi- oh, really? Yeah. So huh. so basically what that was was like, you know, you'd have the main storyline, but then they would propose a question. Like, I remember I had one that said, what if, I think it was like Yellow Jacket might have died in the comics. Uh, or, yeah, what if Elect- Electra had died in the comics? So it said, what if Electra had lived? What would happen with like Daredevil and Bullseye? And then, and then it also had, what if, yellow jacket had died. Uh but th- but that's just one thing that I remember. But basically what you, I mean that's what it is. It's just like asking questions and it would be a one-shot deal like one like a you know, one comic book story of what if obviously something, you know, not in the main storyline took place and what would have happened. So that's kind of what we're going to do today. Uh almost like a fantasy booking type thing too. Uh <laughs> But, uh, so, you know, I'm going to propose to you some what-if scenarios, and you are going to return some to me. Oh, okay. Um, so, the, the first one that I want to ask you about is, let's go back to the early 80s, and what would have happened, in your opinion, if Hulk Hogan would have actually beat Nick Bockwinkel for the AWA World title.
1: <laughs> That's what I have on my list too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, hmm, I believe that. I think everything would have still worked out the way it did with McMahon kind of overrunning the shop, if you will, all the other territories. But I think that would have been delayed. Okay. I mean, had he stayed in there and been a lifer in the AWA. You know, maybe a different story, but I think it was going to happen anyway just because of the way um, the WWF Vince McMahon set that machine out, the way they were doing the promotion and the marketing and, and right. everything else. Because they, they had a lot of talent. They had Sergeant Slaughter, oh, yeah. who at the time was arguably bigger than Hogan. Right. You know, for a, a long time there. Mm-hmm. They had him. They had Jimmy Snuka, who was huge. And granted, he ran into his problems. But, yeah, you know, they, they had some other guys that they could – that they could have relied on yeah you know and who knows maybe they'll brought billy graham back you
0: know yeah maybe i so so i mean so who do you think they would have been forced to kind of go with snooker at first i think so yeah
1: i I think it because he was so he was so popular and over you know and then maybe slaughter after that but at the beginning snooker was huge yeah I mean, he was he was a monster. I remember thinking that at the time, you know, because I was watching him before Hogan even got in there, and he was, yeah, he was a monster.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think if I think even if that would have happened, you're you're right. Uh, I don't think it would have would have changed a whole lot, besides maybe delaying it, like you said. Vince Jr. already had the plans to go national. Um. It, uh, Vern would not have been able to compete, you know, e- even if he put the title on Hogan. Yeah. I, I just don't think that he would have would have handled it correctly.
1: You know, maybe, it. you know, a what if. What if Hogan did get over and he was, well, he was over in AWA. He was huge. Right. You know, and they had Hulkamania, the Hulkster, all that yes. was Vern Ganya, Yes. So uh, I'm going to tap the brakes for a second. I,
0: I, okay. Let me clarify. I'm just saying, as far as a title reign for Hulk goes, I, I don't know if, if Byrne would have, would have done it the correct way.
1: But that's what I'm saying. Maybe. Because he created all the other stuff, the Hogan comeback. Right. So what if they did, Hogan did win the belt, which he was going to. They just did it the old school way where they kept teasing, you know, you know. Mm -hmm. So let's say he wins the belt. Maybe that changes the perception of Vern Gagne and the AWA. Because if you think about it, why was he there anyway? They had Ventura. They had superstar Billy Graham. They had Hogan. None of those guys could really, like, wrestle, per se.
0: You know? But
1: here they were. Right. You know, and then Gagne wanted Hogan to be a Billy Graham, just in his own mold. So I maybe, you know, maybe there are – three or four big companies instead of 23 territories.
0: (laughs) I mean, let's go back to that era too. I mean, AWA had the road warriors. Yeah. Um, uh, When I first started watching, I mean, obviously WWF was kind of the bigger topic, but people in the beginning were talking about the people, the wrestlers that AWA had just as much. AWA I think probably even beat WWF to the punch as far as releasing videotapes. Oh, sure. Um, it was right around the same time that the LJN figures came out. But I, I want to say AWA was first. They were. Remco. With the Remco AWA action figures. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, they had the Freebirds in there. They had, uh, yeah, they had uh, a lot of people. Rick Martel. Well, no, that was before Martell, right? Or was Martell still in there? but that was just before he got the push
1: Martel. Well, he had the belt in 84. So, so and, anyway,
0: right around that yeah. time. Um, so yeah, uh, it would have been interesting. Like you say, I kind of agree with you. I, I don't think ultimately it would have changed much, but you know, who knows?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, the best case scenario is you just have a, uh, you know, it, it would have hastened the demise of the territories and had just bigger companies.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. You want to, uh, throw one out there. Yeah,
1: how about um, you know, cuz a lot of them that I did were actually they you know, they're more like television related. Okay. You, you know.
0: Well, well, I mean, they, you know, television kind of steered the way. So, yeah. you know, I was kind of trying to think of stuff that that kind of made things go in a different direction too. So,
1: Yeah, okay. Okay, well, how about this one? Um, this is a pretty popular topic. Uh, what if Dr. D. David Schultz, and this goes back to the mid-'80s, what if Dr. D. did not slap John Stossel on 2020?
0: Excellent question. What what, what do you think would have happened? Excellent question. A lot of people may not realize this, and and if they don't, go out there and look for it. We could have had a Stone Cold Steve Austin character (laughs) years and years and years before Stone Cold Steve Austin because they were already trying to build him up that way, although he would have been a heel, I mean back then he would have been a heel. I don't think he would have got over as a baby face like Stone Cold did later because no. everything was kinda of changing, you know, the the quote shades of gray. Yeah. And uh but but <laughs> but who knows? I mean he might have done like a a big heel run and then and then eventually turned baby face. But but yeah, uh yeah, people uh if anybody's not familiar, look it up. on 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 youtube and they were doing vignettes with with dr d (laughs) at home yeah like like he he was just this this redneck at at home he's yelling at his kids he's uh yeah and his wife and you know just kind of like living in a you know not a not a just out in the woods yeah yeah just kind of like living in the backwoods and um so so yeah that uh yeah, obviously they were building him towards Hogan. I mean, he he was already kind of wrestling Hogan, but I think that that would have would it would have even made that more of a bigger bigger event when he got shots at, at, oh, home, heck yeah. at Hogan. Um, unfortunately, that was the beginning of Hogan's run. So I don't think that Doctor D would have won the belt or anything. But I I think that because uh, it was almost like well. Well, actually, they started giving Piper the big heel push after the whole Dr. D thing, right?
1: Right. But Piper was going to so, go that way anyway.
0: Yeah. You know? So, so they, yeah. So, Piper kind of stepped up, took took Dr. D's place. But at that time, Dr. D looked like he was going to be the number one heel. Yeah, it seemed and, like that. And, uh, you know, they I, I've seen a few matches with, with Hogan and, and Dr. D from that era, maybe a couple. But uh, definitely good matches. I would have loved to have seen that.
1: Yeah, they had uh they had matches in the AWA too.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So well, that kind of carried over too.
1: With, with Doctor D, I mean the the vignettes and everything else, he, he I think he would have been because he got the shots at Hogan. He helped uh, Piper and Orndorff. You know, they booked him in to help beat Hogan up. He could he could have been a guy like uh like a Jake the Snake, mm-hmm. like a uh, million dollar man Ted DiBiase. Yeah. You know, who was just always right under the top. And every once in a while, they, you know, do an angle where they could get the title shot. But pretty much that number two. Also Randy Macho Man Savage before he finally got got to take it to the next one. Yeah. And I thought of him, but he was just a little different, you know? Yeah. But yeah, like the the, the same concept. You know, the guys uh, getting the other wrestlers ready for Hogan. Yeah, he could have been on there, and they obviously they could have done more skits with him in vignettes because he was—I yeah. mean—and he was good at them too,
0: you know. Oh yeah, because yeah, he took them for crazy. real.
1: You know, it's not like the guys now just memorizing stuff. It's well, here I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, who knows about Doctor D back then? I mean, I've I've heard recent interviews with him, and you know, he's everybody said that he's uh, matured and. uh you know, calm down over the years, but <laughs> yeah, I but think it, a lot of that, but, but it sounds like fables anyway, you know, <laughs> well, it could be, but I mean, anytime you saw him, I mean, even on stuff. Well, I mean, there was the famous pro wrestling episode of the Morton Downey jr. Show. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and Dr. D was already done wrestling at that point. He was a bounty hunter and he acted exactly the same way.
1: Yeah. He was acting. I mean, but, you know, like yeah, part of, part I don't, of the show. I don't know. Cause I've heard opposite, like other people that have said, you know, yeah, he's not like that in real life, you know. I even re- heard a bunch of interviews of him saying,
0: that's just a, you know, yeah, he'll, he'll whoop somebody's hey, don't, butt. Don't but... ruin it for me. There's, You know, there's a few things that I still want to believe. But he still is a tough guy, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Don't get
1: me wrong. He wasn't, right. you know, kissing babies and shaking hands and all that. But, yeah, he wasn't like a jerk like he he was made out to be.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. uh <laughs> Let me throw another one out Dr. at you. Dr. David Schultz. Um, what do you think would have happened if Vince Sr. did not sell the WWF to Vince Jr.?
1: Ah, nice. That's a good one. Had um, he stayed alive? I mean, you know, because there's a...
0: Well, no, let's... Well, I mean, I was thinking more along the lines of him selling it to someone else.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, so Jr. didn't get, didn't get the bite out of the apple. Right. Oh. Wow, I didn't even think of that one. Um, I think there still would have been a territory system for another five years, six years, another stronger one. Because a lot of that, there are already other groups that tried to go national. You know, I yeah. mean, there had been, I, I wrote them down because that's my kind of train of thought. I think another five years, the territories would have, held on but it kind of would have been I keep I keep going back to this you know super regional territory scenario where you have you know like four or five regions that pretty much like run everything and you almost kind of did with WWF New York AWA and the whole Midwest and yeah but yeah i i i also believe there wouldn't have been a hulk hogan <laughs> there would have been it would have been a different presentation. Yeah. Even though he had superstar Graham, but you know, you never turned Graham into a good guy. Right. Kind of gave away one of my things here. (laughs) But but yeah, I'm going to stick with that. If there wouldn't have been a Hogan, uh, it wouldn't have been, there would have been a Hogan, but not like it was. And I, I think that would have allowed the territory system to stay more intact for, I don't know, probably another five years, maybe
0: even longer. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, you know, I didn't really give much thought to who would have been maybe next in line to or or who would have even wanted it, but um I mean, I'm sure somebody would have wanted it. I'm sure a lot of people would have wanted oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, uh I agree with you. I mean, everybody blames Vince because he was the one to do it, Vince Jr, cuz he was the one to to kind of shun the old territory handshake agreement deal and go with the national expansion. But you talk to all those, or you listen to all those old school guys now and they're like, it doesn't matter. Somebody would have did that eventually. Yeah, People had already tried. So, right. You know? Yeah. He was, he was successful at it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess it would have depended on who would have taken it over from Vince senior. Uh, as far as who they would have made their champion. um, Yeah. You know, cause everybody had their own idea of what a champion should be at that time.
1: And you look at traditionally in that market, you know, their, their champions were just different than, you know, the NWA champion, you know, the WWF WWF champion. They're just cut from a different cloth. Right. You know, there wasn't heat, you know, and you hear me say that uh, both of us all the time, you know, they don't do heat. It's just a completely different, <laughs> different yeah. style.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and also, let's say this, for a long time, besides, besides a couple of people, like besides Backlund and maybe Graham uh, and even Buddy Rogers, but it seemed like they really liked the more, quote, ethnic baby face back, back in Vince Senior's era. Yeah. Like, he had Bruno, you had Pedro Morales. Uh, but he had Backlund, of, too. A lot of the other top guys. Oh well, yeah, no, I threw Backlund out there as the exception. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it would have just depended on who Vince Senior would have sold it to, um, and, and maybe it would have just been status quo. Maybe they would have just kept kept turning it out the same way that the WWF had been doing for years, and maybe they would have just kept, yeah. kept following the same mold.
1: We should get uh, Vince McMahon Jr. on the show and see if he can give us any insight <laughs> to where his dad was going. You know, yeah, because he booked a year, year and a half out, right? So there would have been. At least some traces of what was in his mind. Yeah. Uh, Well, didn't he say... um,
0: They might have brought Bruno back. Well, they did. Vince Jr. did. Yeah, that's true.
1: (laughs) But uh, Vince Sr., Vince McMahon Sr., called a bunch of his buddies that ran the other territories, you know, their little mafia syndicate deal, (laughs) and kind of warned them that his son, Vince McMahon Jr., was going to go national. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> All right, do you do you have another what-if scenario? Yeah, how about,
1: because some of these are older, and I'm, I'm trying to find one that maybe most more people would identify with. Okay, how about this one? Th- this is a little different. How about if the Mid-South UWF was able to stay on WTBS during the time when McMahon and the WWF got the time slot away from Georgia Championship Wrestling. What if UWF were able to stay on TBS and also get that um, 605 time slot? Hmm.
0: Yeah, that would have been interesting. And my next question is actually a UWF-related question as well. (laughs) Um, It's not exactly the same as yours, but. uh... Well,
1: let's make it kind of a block topic then.
0: Yeah, that that uh that's interesting. Um I mean, at the time would would most casual fans have looked at NWA and Mid-South as being that different. Um
1: Well, I'm talking uh Mid-South being there instead of the Georgia the Mid-Atlantic WCW oh, instead WF. of all that. Yeah, because they were they were in line for it. What happened was, uh, McMahon bought the time slot and the Turner people, and Ted Turner didn't like it because they wanted original programming. Right, and so <laughs> Jim Barnett, who got who brokered the deal to get WWF on, brokered another deal to get WWF bought out and brought the Mid Atlantic Group in, which and came in turn became WCW with Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, right. Jim Crockett and all that. Okay. And when they did that, uh, UWF had, or Mid-South had a show on at 11 in the morning. Yeah. And in order to get that 605 time slot filled, uh, Barnett and WCW and Turner said, okay, we don't need UWF anymore. Okay. So that's how they, that's how they got off. But they were going to, UWF was going to take that 605 time slot. Okay. Until Barnett interjected barnett what a weasel <laughs> Broker to deal to get to get georgia championship wrestling off Broker to deal to bring wwf <clears throat> in. brokered the deal to bring yeah <laughs> he, he, he's he's like his own uh, merger and acquisition company yeah right you know? right
0: <laughs> um yeah i don't know about that
1: uh they were the highest when uwf was on in the morning They were
0: the highest rated show on TBS. Because I've told you before, like when I first started watching it, I mean, I know that I saw Mid-South. I I didn't know the difference between them. Yeah. But I know I saw Georgia. I know I saw Mid-South. And then that I think I probably watched WWF, you know, kind of exclusively for a while and then went back to the NWA on WTBS. But um, yeah, I mean, that would have been great for me because, I mean, I I loved the NWA, but but I, I really liked the way that Mid South slash UWF later did things. Yeah. Um
1: I do too. I like them better.
0: Yeah. I mean the, the show just the show just moved a little bit better. Um uh, the the way the the angles played out I thought were a little bit better. I mean it was just uh it was just like a little bit different, but uh but yeah, the uh yeah that would i don't know that would have been interesting to see if uh if they could have stayed up there as far and given some and given the wwf some real competition i mean there were times where the nwa were were still i mean they were still considered their main competition but but yeah maybe if it would have been mid-south and then uwf later they they would actually have given WWF a real run for their money. Because I I mean, you know, there's and and that's where the term hardcore wrestling fan really really kind of came from. I mean, that was like a totally different deal than what the WWF was presenting. I mean NWA sum up, but Mid South really was was They presented it like a sport. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, you know, hardcore has got Changed around as far as wrestling, yeah. <laughs> you know. Now, now you know when when somebody says hardcore, it's they they think of nothing but blood and hitting each other with with uh, you know table, bottles and tables. tables and chairs and whatever. But uh, but yeah, that that would have been uh, <laughs> been interesting to see. I, um, I believe would have happened with that.
1: I believe they would have done a lot better than what you know the formerly WCW Mid Atlantic. And Turner did,
0: Think so. just,
1: yeah, just because, like when when they were on and syndicated in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, when they were the UWF, yeah, they had the highest. They blew everybody away. Any wrestling show that happened. Well, let me you know, there's a whole Midwest in.
0: So so well, that that brings me to my next one, and and it was, uh, what if the UWF were not kind of forced to sell, to the NWA.
1: Uh well they could have i think they would have they would have hung around in syndication i mean it was it was a little expensive um they would have had to start following their television show, which I think they would have done well like had they not crossed had they gone to Chicago between you know the the midwest stayed in the midwest area, and maybe Texas stayed in their home territory, went over to chicago St. Louis. You know, they, they could have built some momentum because they were so popular, you know, west of here, they would, it would have, they would have had to been successful. And I, I think the money with the syndication, how much it cost, and the way the business was changing that they just didn't have enough capital in it to keep it going. Yeah. You know, they kind of expanded and they, one of the deals where you expand quick and all of a sudden the bills are piling up and you go, whoops. Right. But well, yeah, I think they I think they would have been around and you know, almost another scenario where you could have just had, you know, three or four big regional territories
0: to work. Yeah. Yeah, um I think the same thing because it seems like UWF had a lot of momentum at the time. Um and then, you know, there there's a lot of different things that get blamed for UWF's demise. Yeah. Uh I think NWA really dropped the ball with what they did with UWF absorbing UWF. Dusty, I mean, they could dusty admitted it. it. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean that if they would have done a UWF quote invasion angle or something like that back then, I mean that would have been huge. Yeah, like no one had ever done that before. No one had ever really seen anything like a, as you know that type of scale. I mean, they just kind of they just kind of absorbed those guys and then kind of. Kind of phased out most of them, and then they took a couple guys and pushed them, like Sting and Rick Steiner. But yeah. but but most of the guys got phased out. Unfortunately,
1: they should have just um, left it two different areas. You know, kept. Yeah, the, they could have done that because they were making money hand over fist. Yeah, I mean, they were still making money even when the oil crisis hit. You know, Texas, Oklahoma, and whatever, they were still making money.
0: Yeah, and and what a scam that uh, Bill Watts put uh, pulled to get Jim Crockett to buy them. Yeah, because he Jim told,
1: Ross brokered that <laughs> deal. Because
0: <laughs> to use his leverage, he, he told them that uh, that WWF was interested in buying them, but WWF really had no interest in buying them. Yeah. I, I don't. I can't remember if WWF knew that they were about to go under. Uh, I can't remember if that was part of it or not. But either way, WWF had no interest in buying them. <laughs> but that's what he used for leverage, so Crockett bought them. So WWF couldn't get them, and then it turned out that wasn't the case, but anyway, they didn't end up doing anything with them anyway. Yeah. Really? Well, I mean, I guess you get sting out of it and and Steiner and, uh, maybe a couple other guys, but, uh, but overall, you know, even, even if it would have gone under, they could have just picked those guys up anyway.
1: Right. It's like, (laughs) why did they buy him anyway?
0: You know, that's right. And it's not like they used the UWF name after after a certain point. Oh, they picked up Dr. Death too. I should mention that he was the champion. They, they did kind of use doc, uh, somewhat
1: yeah but he had his eyes on japan too so right yeah
0: so uh uh, go ahead and ask another one okay what about a
1: what if world-class championship wrestling followed their tv show their syndicated tv show and granted they had something on well really syndicated and espn what if wcw had followed like went out and came to New York and ran a
0: card. WCW or WCW? WCCW, WCCW. <laughs> World
1: Class Championship Wrestling, like the Von Erichs, um, Texas Sportatorium.
0: Yeah, that probably would have been huge. Yeah, I, I think they could have done very well. And weren't and the kids were trying to get Fritz to do that. Yeah, but he was, uh, you know, from the old school, so he didn't really see a need to do that. Yeah, but his then Booker's
1: again, were too. You know.
0: Yeah. They were all kind of encouraging them, and I think that that would have been that would have been a big deal. Yeah, because I mean, everybody knew the Von Ericks. How over do you think uh, the Von Ericks would have been? Um, I I think that they still would have been over, even in other territories besides Texas. Maybe not in some. I mean, you know, I I don't know. Do you, what if they would have came to Detroit? Do you think they would have been been over in Detroit?
1: Well, they would have had the marketed toward Detroit first, you know, with the the promos and all that stuff. But yeah. Uh, probably not right away. It would have taken some time because here's, I mean, with, with Carrie Von Eric, you know, the girls were going to, with Kevin Von Eric, the girls were going to show up. So the guys were going to show up. Yeah. I mean, that was going to happen. They were going to get over, but just like to what level and, and how quick.
0: Well, here's, here's the thing though. I mean, if, if let's say they would have started doing shows and, and, and done like, you know, shows pretty regularly there. And the Von Erichs were getting shoved down everybody's throat. <laughs> uh, there, there might have been a backlash from the Detroit fans eventually.
1: Yeah, there could have been. I mean, I could see where you know, like a like a Gino Hernandez or would be popular here, like a Ventura or a Savage. Oh yeah, I, it would have worked because the wrestling that we had here, and even going back into the seventies, was everything that I've seen. It's just kind of bad. You yeah. know, it really wasn't all that good. Right. And you bring those guys with that style. I mean, very snug. They yeah. beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, and they they, they've they, gone and they were record. pretty exciting matches, especially watching them back now. You know, yeah, had a different presentation, and they could have been okay.
0: Right, WCCW really doesn't get a lot of credit for being, as as far as production value goes, it's being kind of ahead of the ahead of the curve. There. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I know they've talked about it. If you watch like the documentaries and stuff, but I didn't think of it that back then. Really. But, but if you, but looking back now, you could see how innovative they really were.
1: Yeah. You don't I, think I, of it on that scale, but you saw everything, you heard it, you knew it was different.
0: Yeah. You know, you yeah. had the
1: cameras in the ring. Yeah. You could hear everything.
0: Right. I mean, my big knock was, was the Von Ericks getting shoved on everybody's throat. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you had to do what you had to do back then. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like, they, they were the ones selling the tickets. So he, you had to do. You had to do it that
1: way. I just think they needed more excitement in their commentary. I was a firm believer in that, you know.
0: Yeah, I agree. They should have got some. I was just thinking that too because, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this before when I would go back and watch the Legends of World Class Championship Wrestling, I'd immediately be asleep within oh, like no. five or ten minutes.
1: I t- I tried <laughs> watching one a couple couple months ago, and I was like, boom, went right out. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, how, how do you think Hernandez and? Uh, uh, Adams would have fared kind of in the different territories. Cause they would have went to New York first. They had huge ratings there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think they would have done great. They and, had big and, ratings a lot and, of places. And I mean, that's, that's one of the questions that I had, I was going to get into like the vice land, dark side of the ring stuff. Oh, okay. So, so I actually have Gino Hernandez on here as one of my questions. Um, you know, what, what would he have done in the business? Had he not died? Um, So I don't know. Would he have stayed with World Class Championship Wrestling, or would somebody have poached him? I I have a feeling that uh, WCW, NWA, or even WWF would have would have like offered him. (laughs) He was going somewhere, big money. Yeah,
1: it just depended on him mentally. You know, had he not died, had he not been in the the state that he was in, the trouble, then maybe he would have traveled more. But he was very comfortable down there in Texas with. The Houston gig, oh, you know, yeah. the world class gig, the right? San Antonio, right? Southeastern. Now, yeah, he would have been, been huge. They wanted him in WC or Mid Atlantic
0: for sure. Okay,
1: yeah, and he didn't go.
0: I, I mean, I, I'm I'm going to even go as far <laughs> as to say that he could have been a replacement for Ole Anderson as one of the four horsemen if he would have gone and wrestled in that territory. Sure. Yeah, he could have. Um, I mean, think he, well, he would definitely think was too much, sim- too
1: similar to uh,
0: to Rick. Yeah. Well, they probably would have changed it up a little bit. Yeah, I I think if he would have gone it, well, I don't know. I, he was more like Tully to me. Yeah. Than than, than Rick, which is the but original was, dynamic duo,
1: Tully right. and yes, uh,
0: Gino. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: maybe we should do a top ten on wrestlers named Gene <laughs> or Gino. <laughs>
0: uh. Now, just, just throwing this out there, what do you think of the rumor that Gino Hernandez was actually Paul Bosch's kid?
1: Uh, that's not true. Okay. Yeah, he was, he was the uh, son. I, now I can't remember the guy's name.
0: But he was not. He was not his legitimate son. He was, his, uh, he was like his stepson or something. He was not his son.
1: Not whose son?
0: Hernandez. The other Hernandez. Is that who you're...
1: Oh, yeah, because th- that's what Pritchard and some other other guys down there said, that that was his son and not, not
0: Paul Bosch. That I, that was I, a... I just saw something, and, and he... Really? Yeah, and, and huh. he is not... The listening. mystery
1: continues with that guy. Yeah,
0: I mean, he he was... That's the name that he used, and that's what they promoted him as. Yeah. But he was not his actual son. Huh. He was, like, his stepson or, or something.
1: Because he looked so, nothing like he, Paul Bosch at all. no. You know, not even, even the younger Paul Bosch didn't look like him at all. So I kind of, I never, for whatever reason, I never believed that. And then I started to hear other, other stories. I I, I don't believe
0: it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's some other guy out there
1: that's his dad, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, that, yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like, but, but, but just, but, but I mean, I've just seen that rumor recently out there and a lot of people talking about it because, of the way that Paul Bosch took care of, of yeah. Gino.
1: But he took care of his mom. And, you know, his right. His mom was friendly with him. So, right.
0: so that's why, I mean, that's why that's out there. Yeah. That's why that theory is and out there.
1: And beside that, a part. lot of people get jealous. Look at the way they talk about, like, Lawler and Jarrett and some of the smaller territories, how they dog him. Yeah. You know, just the, the guy was good. He made a lot of money early and hey, the crowd showed up, he deserved it, and that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Kind of like if you're at work, you've been there for 15 years, and some <laughs> schmuck comes in and, like, you know. Right. It, the same deal.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Well, yep. while we're on Gino, what what when is that? Uh...
0: Gino Brito would be number one, by the way. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> while we're on Gino Hernandez, that that's the next Viceland show. Let's talk a little bit about that show
0: because that. that... Oh, actually, I have I have, like, all them. All of those listed, not not every oh, okay. one of them that's coming up, but that's what I was going to get to eventually. Anyway, okay, all right, um, cool. So I have not actually watched any of these uh, yet, but I do have. I did recently buy a Bruiser Brody documentary that was produced, I think, by his by his ex. Um, really? So, yeah. Huh. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's pretty Barbara much Barbara Goodish. Uh, yeah. So it's pretty much, I mean, it's, I, I'm sure you've seen pretty much all the same stuff. I mean, Tony Atlas is on there too. Yeah. Um. So I haven't watched it yet, but, uh, but one guy that at, at least so far, and, and if people don't know what we're talking about, there's a show on Viceland yeah. and it, what is that? A cable station or something? Yeah, it's or, cable. Okay. Called Dark Side of the Ring. And I think they've done what, four episodes so far? That's correct. Um. So I wrote down ones that are more relevant to this topic, but I have not seen that they're going to cover this guy. But one of my what-if questions for you is, what if Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert had not died? What role would he have played? Because he died a couple of years before the whole Monday Night War era. Yeah, uh, he
1: died in 80 or... Uh,
0: it was like 92, 90- I thought. Or 93? Four, maybe. Okay. E- either way, yeah. it was like right before the Monday Night War era, right before the new era of ECW. I mean, he he was there in the early days at ECW. But where do you think he would have landed? And, and do you think he would have had a backstage role in, in one of the companies?
1: I think he would have had a backstage role. I'm just not sure about the impact. You know, you know working because...
0: <laughs> I mean, let, let me put it this way. <clears throat> Especially ECW. But then WWE picks up... Kind of what ECW is doing. They they kind of yeah. start following their mold. WCW tries and the Memphis mold to, tries to do it too, right? And you know, Gilbert had been doing that on the the indies and in the smaller scale for yeah. a long time, and that's kind of how he booked. Like if you remember, like the the era of Continental that him and Paul Heyman did, um you know, that was kind of tailor made, I think, for the Monday Night Era. I think that that was ahead of his time, and uh so that that's why I kind of think that you right. would have had. Some role, probably more behind the scenes than he would have in the ring. Yeah,
1: definitely. He was always, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna change what I said earlier. I think he would have he would have made a difference, you know, just because of that background. That you just kind of changed my mind on that. Butch, good job. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling Damn. wise, I don't. I think he was kind of. I I don't think he was really that great in the ring, and probably because he. You know, once I started to see a lot of Lawler, I saw that it was kind of just over the top. So I don't think his mind translated in the ring as well as it did behind the scenes. Okay. But yeah, I could see. Yeah. After that, he could, he could have definitely booked been a writer or producer for WWF or hell, even WCW. I could see that, you know, if he didn't have his problems and his issues and whatever else, then yeah. 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 He could have, you know, maybe gone on on his own and started something.
0: Now, if if he would have gone back to ECW, um I could have seen him being used as kind of a main heel in there. Yeah. And not necessarily behind the scenes, but if he would have gone to WWE at the time, they probably would have used him more behind the scenes, but for whatever reason, I picture him being put into their fledgling light heavyweight division, <laughs>
1: which actually he was-, was too good of a heel for that though. You know, <laughs> well, he was a good heel.
0: Well, I guess you really wouldn't need him cause you had Brian Christopher. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Eddie, Eddie Gilbert, one of the, one of the talents and, and really like a lot of, a lot of people in the business, you know, they, the people that were around him say he had a brilliant mind. So yeah, he would have had to make a difference. Yeah. And I would have liked to seen that on his own. Because you saw what he wound up doing in the independence, which is the, the gore and the blood and the guts. And I didn't like that look for him. I didn't like his matches with it. I didn't think they really came off that well. Yeah. You know, but from going to the more traditional wrestling style, he would have, yeah, he would have, he would have shined there. That would have been a, a perfect spot for him.
0: Yeah, I, I just think I just think that he definitely one way or the other could have contributed heavily yeah, to yeah. the Monday Night War era.
1: Um, oh heck yeah! Even if it was a being a thorn in his side with a different group, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> All right, who's uh, who's your next? All uh, right, what's your next question?
1: Um. Okay. Th-
0: this is. Okay, how about this? And we'll go back to the Viceland people too.
1: Okay, but. but... How about this this is a little older school w w f we kind of touched on it earlier. what if the w w f uh vince McMahon senior and junior at the time turned superstar Billy Graham into a good guy? What would have happened later on you know like would there have been like a hogan how would that like, all like, work
0: like what era are are we late seventies early eighties well yeah, i mean you know there is a the rumor out there too that uh that Billy Graham was being looked at to be Thunderlips and Rocky as well. Huh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: So I could see it. He had the, you know.
0: Yeah. So let let's let's couple that together. Let let's say Billy Graham gets the role of Thunderlips and Rocky. Yeah. Turns into a baby face in WWF in the early eighties. Um I don't know. I mean, as far as wrestling goes, you know, he, his body I don't know if you remember, but his body kinda like I, I, I think that's when kind of when it started to break down almost because cause instead of doing like the regular like big muscle guy, he'd lost all that muscle. I I can't remember exactly what happened, but then he came back as the karate guy. Yeah. He started doing the karate gimmick and his body was like, We all got off the gas. And, you know? Yeah. I mean that's all that's what it was. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe he would have stayed on that and uh but but I don't know. I mean well how You do know, you think- I like Billy Graham. He was a good wrestler, but I just don't think that, as far as his matches go, I I don't know. I don't know if it would have fit that mold.
1: Well, like- let me let me let me reword it because I was thinking more as a, as a transition into like the mid '80s
0: product that WWF had.
1: You know, because well, they I,
0: eventually bring Hogan in?
1: Yeah, I mean that that's kind of where where I was going. You know, like my thought would. Hell, they turned him good. They would have drawn a crap load more money. I mean, everybody wanted that guy to be a good guy, even all the other workers. Oh, yeah. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he could have been the good guy, and they could have had a huge blow off with Hogan, you know, kind of like passing the torch gimmick. Right. Because Hogan, you know, he's he says he patterns himself right after superstar Billy Graham. Right. Hell, and that's what Vern wanted in the AWA. Give me superstar Billy Graham in your own words, you know? Right. <laughs> Yeah, so that that could have been like a huge like stadium show because they hadn't done like a Shea Stadium show since Bruno and um, Zabisco. Yeah, you know Hogan fought Andre on that show, but right. that, that's kind of what I pictured. It was them just hell. That could have that could have made the expansion a lot quicker
0: had they had Graham a good guy. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. I mean, I, you know, I. Unfortunately, I, I mean, I've, I've seen enough of Billy Graham from back in the era. and But, you know, growing up, it was already after the, yeah. the karate era. And, I mean, he built his body back up, but, you know, his hips were kind of given out. And then by the time he went to WWF, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. he, was, he was pretty much done as far as wrestling goes. So I'm kind of more familiar with that era of him. So it's hard to say because, you know, I, so many people kind of, like you said, kind of followed suit with him, kind of copied him. And, uh, so, so I don't know. It's, uh, that's a tough one.
1: Yeah. I could have seen um, box office because you, yeah. you got to figure if he doesn't get out of the daily grind, he kind of maintains himself. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think in the scenario, we're not asking him to go through the Hulkamania era, but you know, maybe up to 83, 84, yeah. when they finally brought Hogan in. Yeah. Yeah. The, or in permanently instead of just,
0: you know, bringing right. him in
1: for a couple matches.
0: Yeah, that's definitely an interesting scenario. Um, and, and, and like you said, heel Hogan and babyface superstar Billy Graham, that could have definitely made some money.
1: Yeah, or even yeah. have... Graham be the good guy and turn on Hogan and get Hogan going. Yeah. Because that probably would have worked better than having the Iron Sheik. And you know how good that worked. Right. You know, I mean, a lot of that was just Hogan and, but yeah, that could have been, that could have been
0: good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. <clears throat> All right. Um, before we get back to the Vice side stuff, let me throw this one out at you. All right. This is like a little bit more of the modern era, but uh, what if... WWF did not hire Vince Russo (laughs) to be the main writer Hmm. in the 90s. You know... Because, let's go back to that era, uh, WCW decides to go head-to-head with WWF. I remember you and I talking about it when that was proposed, and we we laughed it off, thinking that... It was just going to piss Vince off, and Vince was going to just grind them into the dirt. Which he did eventually. Which he did eventually, but it, <laughs> but it, you know, he, as much as I hate Vince Russo, you got to give him credit.
1: Yeah, I think he just, yeah. I look at it like he just happened to be there and threw a thousand ideas up, you know, and a couple of them stuck because a lot of it was bad.
0: It was really bad. You know, it I mean. Really it was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hated that. I honestly, people, people, are surprised when I tell them how much I hate that era, but yeah. uh, you know there's a reason for it. I just thought it was like some of the most, you know, they were pandering to the lowest common denominator. Jerry one. Springer, the Jerry Springer yeah. stuff, right? Exactly. But their main events were and, great. Yeah, the main event stuff was still good. The mid card and lower card stuff was crap. Yeah. Vince Russo has gone on record and said, "You don't ever, you don't have to have." I can't do a Vince Russo Russo imitation, but uh, <laughs> you don't have to have a four star match every time. He didn't care about the in-ring product, and I've said this before. I think that uh, that he was heavily influenced by David McLean's Glow. Yeah, I probably. I think that's where he got most of his booking ideas from. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> what if What do you think?
1: Had he not shown up?
0: Um, oh, one thing that I, I should throw out there is a lot of people might not know where he came from. He was actually the writer under a pen name, Vic Venom, oh, yeah? for the WWF magazine. So that's what he was doing. Like, his column was kind of like what we're doing, but more like fantasy booking style. And, and he was doing more, like, adult uh, storyline stuff. And, and that's what the story is, that Vince comes in one day with his team and is like, this is what we should be doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and before that, he worked at a video store. <laughs> 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 had, had Vince not not shown... Vince Russo not showing up. Uh, I believe they just—they probably would have pounded the WCW a couple years quicker. I believe so because you had Cornette, you had some you other guys there.
0: Be, yeah, but but if you watched that era, if you you turn on WCW, then you turn on WWF. Yeah. WWF looked like it was going in slow motion. You had you had like like you're, you you got it on WCW. And it's, let's say you got Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Then you turn it on WWF, and it looks like it's going in slow motion because you got the Godwins versus uh, the guns. Yeah, which Godwins could work, you know, but. They could, but it it was just the whole presentation at the time. And they were still, this was before WWF decided to go live every week. So, I mean, that definitely, I think, played a role. Yeah. But. I think he
1: gave them an idea, like a mindset. You know, and you got to give him, okay, I give him credit for that, for being more edgy, but I think the farther it went, the worse it got, you know, and I I just... I agree with you, but at the time, that also
0: also equaled ratings.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: I I think a lot of people just watched it, like, I mean, because... Cause that kind of brought. I mean, the ratings were crazy back then. Yeah, if you really one. like go back and look at it, oh, yeah, uh-huh. they get
1: like a one three now, and <laughs> yeah, one oh, three yeah, back but... then, and you know somebody was being fired after it dropped down to a three.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the, I, and I will say this: the <laughs> WWF or the, at least the stories that I've read in the past couple of weeks, is WWE's in panic mode because. Uh, the ratings for Raw and SmackDown are some of the worst they've ever been. Right?
1: Good. Now. It serves them right. And I and I hope they get on Fox, and it falls on their face, so they can just go away, get wiped off of the face of the earth. I mean, I hate to say that for the jobs and everything, but from a wrestling perspective, as a fan, that's why I don't watch it.
0: But but so. okay, back to the Vince Russo era yeah. though. That that was probably the closest it's ever been to going out of business. Yeah. Me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people cite Russo and Russo's quote vision for kind of bringing them out of that. Yeah. Uh,
1: And I, I could agree. Yeah, I could agree with that. So if he hadn't showed up, I don't know, maybe there's more competition. Maybe they don't, they don't go the hard, you know, the adult themed route. So what, what, what would they But they copied off WCW doing that anyway. So how so? Well, WCW had more, they, they had a lot more edge. And what they were doing with like the NWO and, and all that other stuff.
0: Yeah, but it didn't go to that level. I mean. It, yeah, it, they took it to another if, level. If but anything, I was I think that Russo was borrowing more from ECW. Sure, sure. Than, than WCW at sure. the time. But there was an edge
1: out there in wrestling, you know, before the WWF, WWE started really kicking it in high gear. Right. So, yeah, m- maybe they don't. Put WCW out of business. Well, maybe they do it just a couple years later.
0: Eventually, I, I don't know. I mean, eventually something would have came along. I'm sure. Yeah, that would have.
1: So I'm struggling with this one. This one's kind of tough. <laughs> I
0: because mean, I, mean, I
1: hate Russo so much. Yeah, no. it, it, a, I know. Mean, I don't. It, I dislike.
0: <laughs> but it, it just seemed like they were they were kind of scrambling, yeah. you know, be, because of the success of WCW. They were kind of scrambling, so they were just throwing all this stuff at the walls, Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they even, like I mentioned it before, they even started their own late heavyweight division because the cruiserweights in WCW were so hot. Yeah. Um, but it just came off as as a cheap uh, imitation. Um, but looking back at the matches now, they actually had some fantastic matches. But, <laughs> yeah. But it was just, but it just, everything that they were doing until they started doing the Russo stuff, seemed like it was just kind of a a a pale imitation what Um,
1: what if they started doing back to the more like hardcore wrestling instead of you know all the adult smut stuff i got got away from the kitty stuff and started to go more with you know the
0: wrestling personality i um i don't know that's a tough call um I, I don't know because I mean, that's, they had
1: Michael, they had some workers, you know, they had people that could do it.
0: Yeah, they did. No, that that's what I mean. They definitely did. Um, you know, may, maybe they would have had to invest some money and maybe poached a couple people from WCW yeah. first, uh, you know, to put on their undercard, um, and their midcard guys. It's, it, you it's, know, it's kind of hard to say.
1: Look at their, their main events. Like Russo didn't have a whole, you know, whatever their main event, their big matches were, were extra, extra filtered <laughs> from yeah. a Russo perspective. Yeah. You know, that was mostly McMahon and the people who know wrestling and the wrestlers. Right. So if Russo wasn't around, maybe they do more of what they were doing with the main event on the undercard and they didn't have all That would have been fantastic. Yeah. And, that, and that's kind of what I was the waiting... The birthing hands and all this other crap.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I was waiting for them to do because like like I said as far as the in, in ring product went um you, you know dismiss the storylines because WCW was was not really great I mean until the nwo the the first couple of years of the nwo but as far as like continuing with storylines they were kind of all they over the place they were both kind of bad but yeah except for the main events on wwf yeah but that but I remember that's what I was waiting for the in ring product in wcw to me was so much more superior than the undercard and midcard stuff going on in the WWF. Oh yeah. So that's what I was hoping they were going to do. Start competing with them on that level, start getting some guys and they, and they were bringing in guys that had the ability to do that. But for whatever reason, it just didn't come off right. Like, like you, they brought in Doug furnace and Phil Lafon. Yeah. You know, guys that could definitely work, but it just didn't come off. Right. Yeah. A Um, different style. I don't know what it was. Yeah. It was, like, it was like, it was like, they were still, WWF. it was like WWF wanted to bring these guys in that could work, but still stick them in the early nineties era, WWF or something. Yeah. It, or sidle them with stupid
1: them. interviews and gimmicks and stuff. And it just throws them off. Right. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's a, yeah. That, I struggle with that one there, Butch.
0: <laughs> All right. What's, what's your next What if?
1: Okay. What if, um, gosh, and it, Okay, here here's a good one. I'm, I'm, go ahead. What are you gonna say? No, no, no. Go ahead. What if Pro Wrestling USA worked out? This was when yeah. when AWA and uh, some of the NWA's territories started. Pro Wrestling USA was the first one on ESPN. Yes, that was the conglomeration of those guys. What in even if AWA like? Well, what if Pro Wrestling USA worked? And you were able to have the super show, the super TV show on ESPN going worldwide. Yeah. You know, instead of all that falling apart and just having the AWA. Yeah.
0: And this was their answer to the national expansion of WWF. Yes. By the yep. way. Yeah. 1985. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's uh that's interesting as well. That uh because really that's where going back to the, the toys that's where that came from because, yeah. because you had a Ric Flair figure and you had the Freebirds and you had Abdullah, the, the fabulous and, ones and the fabulous ones. And yeah. So like from that era, that's where they kind of spawned that. Um, yeah. I mean, that would have been fantastic if that would have worked out, I think. And that would have probably given some, do- the WWF, some real competition right off the bat. Unfortunately, it always goes south when you're, yeah, <laughs> when you're dealing with the different promoters and the different <laughs> egos. and But, okay, but let's say that that did work out. Yeah, I definitely think that they could have given WWF a run for their money.
1: I think they would have buried them. Not killed them, but that would have been the biggest because ESPN was growing, too, at the same time, you know? Right. And even at the time, ESPN was sports. Like, USA Network was... WWF almost made USA Network. Yes, <laughs> I mean they had some, you know, this uh, wrestling on there before Southeastern, the Blanchards. I have that
0: on here on and USA. They, yeah, yeah. They that, also they also had Dance Party USA. <laughs> yeah,
1: and they had hockey. <laughs> but really, ESPN with that talent that they had in that Pro Wrestling USA show, I think that would have been the number one wrestling because it hadn't WWF hadn't got. Too comic booky and got too far out ahead. Mm. They may have, and they have got the kids and everything. But you know, all the other wrestling fans, they're all gone now. They right. all they all went somewhere. Right. They still would have had a huge audience, and I think it would have. I think it would have worked. You know, maybe you wound up having two or three companies, big companies, instead of just one. Yeah, because that was just too much talent. The reach was, you know, ESPN. Yeah, you had all those guys able and they kind of did the same thing with Georgia championship wrestling, you know, somebody from Portland would go wrestle on TBS, get their face out there and then come back to Portland and their bigger name because they're on cable. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: true. Yeah. And like, like you said, uh, just, um, getting, yeah, just that exposure would have been, would have been, would have been huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: that's it. Would have uh, been cartoons versus. How, how long
0: did that last?
1: Uh, one year, just about. Not even a year. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, then, right. a, and then I it mean, it just was a little into bit AWA. I mean, it was still that. a little
0: bit before WWF really went the cartoon cartoon route. But eventually, they would have like lost out to them because, yeah, you're right. It's it's ESPN. They're presenting it more as a sport. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that. Uh, and the, and there were so many big names. I mean. Cause I I I don't care like like you mentioned the Fabulous ones everybody knew the Fabulous ones yeah they even do. though they weren't in the WWF yeah. everybody knew them Dusty Road everybody Rhodes. knew the Freebirds yeah everybody knew Dusty everybody knew Ric Flair yeah. Harley Race all those guys yeah <clears throat> so
1: I think that would have been great
0: <clears throat> yeah that would have been that would have been uh let's go back to the Viceland thing um I I had already had kind of thought about these questions, but, uh, you know, Viceland or this dark side of the ring has kind of covered these. Um, what if David Von Erich hadn't passed away?
1: Hmm. He definitely would have been in line for a world title run in the NWA. Cause he was one of the guys It was him, you know, and they, they would have five or six guys, that they would maneuver. So if something happened and they needed somebody, they could step in there and be a world champion. He would have been one of those guys. And I do believe they would have tell they might've even been in business today. Cause he seemed like the only one that had a, a strong head on his shoulders, especially for wrestling, yeah. not only in the ring, but out of the ring. Right. And everybody said that he was, he was so much different than, than his brothers. Yeah. You know? So they could have it well, they could have at least been around a lot longer <laughs> than they were. I mean, whether somebody would have grabbed them, picked them up or whatever. But yeah.
0: because yeah. Yeah, that was just kind of like the the first major blow to world class. Um David Von Eric to me was easily the best. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of Fritz. Wasn't but, the most but, popular per se. Right, but... was not.
1: Re- really popular, but, though. But still, I mean, right, exactly. You know. I mean, thinking back,
0: <laughs> like, watching those shows, he was still, like, super popular. Yeah. I mean, but... Uh, the
1: girls didn't scream as loud, but they still screamed.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Kevin and Carrie were uh, probably a little bit more popular as far as that aspect goes. The guys probably maybe favored David a little bit better because yeah. he, he came off more of kind of like the ass Tough kicker. guy, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, his interviews were sweet, too. They were a lot better than his brothers interview as well yeah
0: easily um right and 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 i think he definitely would have won the title uh the nwa title i think he probably would have kept it longer than carrie did yeah uh um, oh, and, yeah. and like you said you know he made a he might have lost it and and won it back and i mean i mean who knows but uh but yeah de- definitely a major blow to the do- wccw uh they end up giving the belt Later on to Kerry, at his memorial show, um, Kerry held up for what, a week, two weeks? Yeah, think, and it was only designed weeks. for that. Yeah, lost it over, lost it in Japan. Forty five, um, fifty
1: thousand people there at that football stadium for that, yeah. nineteen eighty four.
0: Right, go <laughs> figure. Yeah, heaven needed a champion. Gene. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <race>. <laughs> <Sorry>. well, really,
1: <laughs> with if if David Von Erich had stayed alive. I believe maybe Fritz may have been more open to going and following their TV ratings in New York and wherever they were going.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost unfathomable now to, for somebody not to do that. Yeah. Like if you have these big ratings in these other markets, why would you not take your wrestling product there? Yeah, really. And especially back then when, when house shows and the arenas were, like, how they made their money. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's just crazy, like, to think that, that he was just so dead set in the old ways that he would not not do that.
1: I know. But there were a lot of guys like that. I mean, oh, you know, I know, so it's kind of like a generational thing. Right. You know, it's kind of like how the you listen to, like, the idiots in the media or just maybe some of the morons talking in general there. Talk about how, why somebody did something or said something in the past. Well, it was a different time, you
0: know? Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) All right. uh, What's your next what if scenario? Okay. What if, (laughs) I kind of
1: mentioned this. Uh, What if Southwest Championship Wrestling had been able to stay on the USA Network? Let me set this up a little bit because this kind of reaching here. Before the WWF got on the USA Network, where they've been for, gosh, I don't know how many years, minus a little spell, Southwest Championship Wrestling out of San Antonio, uh, Joe Blanchard, that group, Tully Blanchard's dad, were on USA Network, and they were on there for about a year. And USA Network was looking for some programming, uh, Southwest Wrestling fit the bill, and they had a nice little run there. It just got too expensive for them you know, becoming a TV product instead of a uh, house show product. You know, they kind of, they, they got bit in the butt by the changing tides of wrestling coming from, you know, being a more of a TV product into a house show product. When you start going on cable things, it's a different animal. Right. But what if they were able to stay on there and the WWF was not on the USA network?
0: Hmm. What does the landscape look like there? Uh, well, I, you know, that, that's hard to say because WWF was still, oh no, I guess not because that was their major market. I mean, that was their major channel, right? Yeah. I mean, even their Saturday morning shows were on there. Um, WWF had even had Tuesday night Titans on there. Yeah. So that would have gotten rid of, would have gotten rid of all that, um, Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, who were who were their major players though? They was it still Adrian Adonis and yeah uh, Tully Tully? Well, no, Bob Orton was already gone.
1: Hell, Rick Morton was on uh, there. You know, with uh, they had a lot of talent in there because I look at it like they they, kind of would have did what they were doing on TBS. Yeah, you you know, because a lot of people moved around the territories anyway. But if you got a national exposure, you're going to have shots. Somebody coming in from Portland, somebody coming in from Florida or whatever.
0: Yeah, that could have been interesting. I, I mean, and, and now that you say that, you, Gino you know, Hernandez was on there. Yeah, that's right.
1: You know, the dynamic duel.
0: Yeah. Okay. N- yeah. Now that you mentioned like, like USA had them and then they went to WWF later, TBS had Multitude, ESPN had theirs. I'm surprised.
1: Yeah. Cause this was 82, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that more cable companies, cause, cause all these did good ratings. And oh, I'm yeah. surprised that more. Ca- that like every cable station back then didn't try to like seek out some sort of wrestling show in the early eighties.
1: Yeah, really? Oh, I mean, yeah,
0: just it, just only the, the sports
1: networks did really, you know, cause the ratings yeah. weren't as big of a deal back then as they are now. Yeah, that's true. You know, it was more of like something for a particular station or, or network. It, it, yeah. it was just a different animal, but yeah, a lot, a lot of them tried and I, yeah, I'm surprised everybody didn't have one. There was such a good ratings, you know, just for just for selling a commercial spot.
0: So let's say, OK, so let's say that they stay on the USA Network. WWF eventually would have found some outlet. They yeah. would have found some uh, cable station to be on, I'm sure. Well, they found TBS eventually. Oh, well, yeah. Let's you know? not talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's on the list. <laughs> uh we were probably not gonna have enough time right. to get to that yeah, one today. That's a whole show but, in itself. Almost. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that's an interesting scenario. Um I don't that, think... that would have been cool. I mean, but uh but everybody kind of got picked up, you know, eventually by different yeah. different places. But, I,
1: I say WCW is the one that killed wrestling territories not necessarily <laughs> wwf <laughs> but really they would have had you would have had two nwa uh affiliated territories yeah that were on uh national cable and granted the 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 penetration of cable wasn't in every household yet right you know we didn't get cable until right. 82 probably some yeah. people right 88 same with me yeah <laughs> you know yeah so they would have been well out ahead and i just i don't think that the wwf would have been able to get as quickly of a, a stranglehold yeah they had an advantage because they were in huge markets in the northeast you know right and had a lot more money but you get texas and you know there's a lot of money down there <laughs> yeah a couple couple different promotions rolling up their sleeves and working together just like they did with georgia mm-hmm. gcw i mean that was pretty much everybody working together yeah you know get some guy from kansas city on the georgia cable show and he's a bigger name mm-hmm. go back to kansas city he's a bigger name go to st louis he's bigger mm-hmm. everywhere right that yeah i i think that that maybe would have helped everybody get out in front of what's coming quicker yeah so they can figure out what they're doing and if mcmahon tried that they could punch him in the face and say okay yeah. try it
0: but yeah right you know yeah exactly so yeah.
1: Th- i mean to me that that was that was critical <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that Southeastern and then McMahon going on USA Network.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. Um, this this uh, – we're, we're running a long time, so this will probably be our last one. All right. But, uh, you know, since this is kind of like the big one that everybody's talking about on Viceland, like I had mentioned earlier, I have a um, documentary on it. Uh, this has been covered throughout the years quite a bit. But uh, what if Bruiser Brody had not been murdered in 1988?
1: Hmm. Oh, by the way, the the Vice or Brody documentary is out on YouTube. You can you you can find that. So,
0: okay, I think they all are. I think all of them that have aired are out there now. Oh, really? Are they? I believe so. Huh. That's I I cool. could be wrong, but I thought I was looking through it. I thought I saw another one at least. Oh wow. That one.
1: Huh. They they are pretty good. Well, if if Brody had not got, I <laughs> I think he would have helped the independents and smaller ones in some fashion.
0: You don't. So you don't think that WWF would have eventually brought him? Yeah, th- yeah, him, I was paid him enough yeah, money to bring was, him.
1: Okay, you know he would have he would have been the independent guy that that he was, and eventually he would have got brought in for a run. I, I think they could have made they could have made some pretty good money with with Brody against Hogan or Brody against anybody. He wasn't going to be like a big superstar, but he he wasn't going to be the guy that drew the house, but he would be the guy to help the other guy draw the house, if you know what I mean. Yeah. He, he would have been, he he would have stuck around for a little bit. He would have got a bigger name, probably made more money elsewhere, but he would have had a run in the WWF. It would have been a short one. And he would have helped the uh, Japanese companies too, because especially like all Japan, you know, because they started the struggle and wane there. Yeah. I, the landscape could have, I don't think it would have done much to the landscape. But personally, for him and as a fan, you probably would have got to seen, uh a few more of the um, matches that you wanted. You know, like the Hogan and, and right. Brody.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think, like you say, I think he probably would have came into the WWF for probably a short run. They probably would have started giving him shots at Hogan right off the bat, I think. like Kind of like what they did when they brought Wyndham back as the Widowmaker. Yeah, like well, they, he
1: was like, a bigger name though. Maybe they would have like built that up a little bit. You, you know? think
0: who was? You think Wyndham was a bigger name than Brody? No, Brody. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, because I but I don't believe at that time that that they were that they would have brought him in and just gave him a shot because he wasn't that big of a name. He wasn't like he wasn't like as big as Dusty. You know what I mean? He was a big name, but not. Maybe they would have like a couple of house shows to see how it goes, but they, I don't think it would have been a program right away. It would it might have taken two or three months to get there.
0: You think they would have changed his name, changed his gimmick? I, I could see them leaving the gimmick, sure, slightly, and it wouldn't matter. Yeah, they because, might have left his name. You know, they might have left his name the same, even if they changed two, it. But uh,
1: whatever, Brody. You
0: know, yeah.
1: They had the Berserker.
0: <laughs> well, know? that's funny that you mentioned that because not only. has John Nord gone on record and saying, well, obviously he was kind of doing Brody. Yeah. But he claims that originally he was supposed to come in as tag team partners with Brody. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, (laughs) that's what he's saying anyway. Um, But yeah, uh, I I don't know. I mean, you know, Brody was still young, but he was a little bit older at the time he'd been around. Um, You know, he probably could have given us, a few more years but if he, if he would have gone to WCW instead I don't know so do you, you think know, he would have wound up
1: staying with one of the bigger companies because I, I just view him as him getting his and getting out you know which would enable him to make more money elsewhere
0: yeah I mean it's hard to say I mean he you know he made so much money in Japan and he loved Japan I mean but yeah it, it it's tough to say but I think he would have at least had a run in WWF as the major heel in there. You and think the top got guy some shots at Hogan. top heel? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think he would've.
1: Yeah. Cause uh, I mean, even, if uh, even if, well, hell they had the run heels at Hogan, you know, he, he was almost guaranteed a spot. Right. Not that he wasn't good or anything, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, well I mean, especially money. at the time, I mean, physically, I mean, it, it's close to a mirror of Hogan at the time. Except he was a lot better shape. More so, well, yeah. I mean, more so than than the guys that Hogan was kind of beating. Yeah. You know, Hogan would always beat, like, the big, beefy, like, monster guys. Yeah. That, that's kind of what he wanted to do. Um, Duggan versus Brody. Up until a certain point. Well, in, in WWF, though, that, well, that would not have been much. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, on Brody, pay- Brody they would have made it work them. somehow, you know. Yeah, but... Uh, Brody's not going to squash Duggan. Not a squash, but I, I just don't think, I mean, Duggan just didn't, just by the time Duggan came into WWF, I think he'd resigned himself to the fact that he was not going to have to work hard anymore. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right. But if you're in there with Brody, you got to work. But, but what's he going to do? I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I see them just putting not a squash, but I see them putting Brody over huge against Duggan. If they're trying to like build him towards. Oh yeah, towards definitely. Hogan. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, interesting discussions. Maybe at some point we will revisit these uh, uh, with some different scenarios. Um, But, uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time. Darn it. Thank you, (laughs) Brace Beamer, for being here and your expert analysis, as always.
1: You're welcome. Great job, Mad Dog.
0: Thank you, everybody. As always, keep checking the Butch Blood Facebook page for our next show. Hopefully, we'll be here again next week. As always, thank you everybody that tuned in and uh, look for the YouTube replays and uh, take care. Have a good
1: day, everyone.